Hello, everyone, and welcome to American Pale Males, your nerdy beer tasting podcast. I am Jeremy, and with me, as always, is my co-host. It's me. It's Michael. Jeremy, I fashioned this bottle opener and this pen into a fidget spinner of sorts. I officially hate you. <laughs> so I will be playing with that the whole episode. So you're uh, one of these millennials now, I see. <laughs> you know, I don't even, I don't quite get it. I don't know what the point of those are. Um, uh, can we? Do we need to start like saying "bay"? Yeah. <laughs> is is that what we do now? Uh, yeah, it's on fleek. All right. Well, that's. I feel terrible. Let's let's <laughs> not do that anymore. Michael, what do you got for me? Give me a beer brag. Oh yeah, right out of the gate. Yes, right out of the gate. I had a interesting libation. Jeremy had New Holland's Blue Sunday. Ooh which is a sour, and I'm finding out here that it's actually a blend of several beers. I didn't know that. I got it at a restaurant, and I really liked it. Kind of your sour talk from two episodes ago or one. Dark Lord recap. Dark Lord recap. I'm like, oh, I should oh, go to sour. Mm-hmm. Jeremy was talking about how he got all those and enjoyed them. And I did. This one was good. It was like really sour right out of the gate. And then after the sour kind of washed away, it was really kind of fruity and sweet. Mm -hmm. And then after that washed away, it had a like really oaky barrel-aged flavor because a lot of the blends of the beers that are blended in here are barrel-aged. Sounds a little bit like the uh, Clutch from New Belgium. Yeah. And it it was a little on the darker side, but it was, you know, like a deep amber color. Um, which kind of surprised me. Was it still fruit forward? Yeah, I would say so. More, it was more fruit forward than tannin forward, mm-hmm. or you know, oakiness or what have you. Sure. The but the sour predominated over everything. I would say oh. that was the most bold flavor. In fact, actually, towards the end, it was like, oh boy, you kind of get like you know, back when you were a kid and you had uh-huh. <laughs> a whole bunch of Sour Patch Kids or warheads. Of warheads. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Your tongue would kind of be like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. It actually got to that point with me towards the end of the beer, so it was a nice um, snifter. I don't, I don't know the official term, uh, goblet, um, joblet. So it was a nice volume for the type of beer. It um, finished off like right at the point where I'm like, okay, this is, <laughs> I'm, this is good, but I've had enough kind of deal. Sort of about a nine ounce pour, like what they do yeah, with imperial right stouts. Yeah. All right. Seven percent ABV, which for a sour. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's really kind of almost wild tasting. So it's really cool beer. So I was glad I got that one on kind of on a whim. I have a bit of a cheat for my beer brag, Michael. Okay. It's a double beer brag, and it'll become obvious as to why in a second. Ooh. My first part of the beer brag is a continuation of sorts. Okay. Uh, like we, as we spoke last week, the Iowa City Brew Lab is no longer with us. But oh yes, I was I was able to use up my gift cards from racking up points at trivia to get two half-priced growlers before oh. they close the day before. I don't remember if I told you that or not. Yes, you did. I think you mentioned that. Well, I had some family in town, and my father finished off one while I finished off the other, and that was because my father does not enjoy IPAs. And I had mm-hmm. their Sunburn IPA. Two words, not one word. Okay. And it just made me sad all over again because the Sunburn IPA was probably the best IPA they'd made. It uh, it came in at about, I think, 7-ish percent. And it hit that that perfect 
level where an IPA is not too light. Like a session IPA can sometimes be good, but it sometimes might not be enough. And mm-hmm. but it wasn't as heavy as say like a palate wrecker or anything like that. Right. I believe. Yeah, I believe I gave that one a four stars. I, I mm-hmm. think. I'm not sure. It gets a four stars from me now. And uh, here's hoping that the fellas behind the brew lab can get brewing again because I really like their beer. Somewhere in some way, hopefully. Somewhere, somehow. What was the other growler? Uh, the other growler was a Maybach, which I I don't remember. It's like Varus Gladiator, I think was the name, but I'm not oh, sure. Oh, okay. Maybe it's, you mentioned that, yeah. I might have. I don't remember. Um, It was decent. It was good. Standard craft beer, I think about a 3.5, 3.75 for me. Mm-hmm. It's a nice solid one. It was a nice solid one, but that was not my second beer, Michael. Oh, oh. Swerved. So, uh, I, you have been swerved. Um. <laughs> My second beer was a Budweiser. Whoa. This is like the follow-up to the Michelob Ultra? No, because uh, while the beer was mediocre at best, I saw it while I was waiting for Metallica to go on stage this past weekend. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. It was awesome. Uh, over two hours of just shredding. Lars can't quite do the drums anymore, but that's okay. Oh, really? He, he, I, it's only at certain parts where he struggles. Is that like, do drummers get like back issues? Is that the problem or, or what's his? Lars's problem is that he's old and he was never the best drummer to begin with. <laughs> oh no. Um, I mean, these guys are 30 years past their beginnings. I, th- I think they said they're 36 years into their career, which is insane. And when you get to those older songs, like pre-1991, I want to say, mm-hmm. he plays a his legs wrote checks in uh, 1990 or 1989 that his 2017 legs can't cash. I see. And uh, everyone sounded great. He couldn't quite get all the roles. I get the feeling that when they broke loose with the Black Album, he kind of peeled it back a little bit. Whereas the drummers from Slayer and, you know, Anthrax and what have you, they can still gun because they've been doing it the whole time. But he kind of gave it up. Now, okay, both you and I listen to a podcast called Tell Him Steve Dave. Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah, um, where one of the hosts, who is a cantankerous 40-something... Pillhead. <laughs> former Pillhead. By, by his own admission, that's we're mm-hmm. not telling tales. Brian Johnson, who... This is kind of in the Kevin Smith universe. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, good show, but it's funny because they went to that... He went to that same concert, not the one you were at, but the mm-hmm. same tour... And he did not like it because he's cantankerous old man. Now, I want to ask you, his two main complaints were that he kept, James, mm-hmm. kept taking breaks to like give out messages of unity and inclusivity. Mm-hmm. And he just wanted them to sing and play their hits. And the other thing he didn't like was when they had this little drum battle thing <laughs> where they were <laughs> drumming all the members of the band were drumming and then kind of like pointing at the audience and then pointing at each other. And he thought that was cheesy. Now, did they do those things? And what were your take on those? So they definitely did the drums. And when, what he didn't tell you is that these drums were about eight feet tall. Oh, uh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, if, if I had to guess, I'd say the drum heads were about, they were wider than shoulder width by a good eight inches on each side. And these are not small men. Save lives. Right. I get the impression from Enemy of the Show Ryan that it's something that they did because aforementioned James always wanted to be a drummer. Oh. 
and it was it was okay. It was un- I would have rather they play another song, but mm-hmm. it didn't bother me. It was fun. It didn't ruin the concert for you. Most definitely not. Um, okay. It, it was it was fine. When you when you get that old and when you've been doing this for as long as they have, you got to do things to make it a little bit different. You got to have fun with it. So I didn't really just care. do what you kind of want sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. As, as far as the other part, the Unity stuff didn't really bother me. He was definitely in dad mode. Uh-huh. Uh there were there was a Borat impression in, <laughs> okay. in there. Um it, he was on full dad joke mode, which whatever. I thought it was funny. I have a feeling that Bry was thinking more of the nineteen eighty nine, nineteen ninety-two era James when he was all seahorse postured and like just talking about damnation and nuclear warfare constantly. If you go on YouTube and look up Binge and Purge Metallica Seattle nineteen eighty nine. You can find uh, the entire three-hour and forty-five-minute concert of theirs from nineteen eighty-nine in Seattle. Yeah, and it, it's pretty awesome, and it looks way more metal than what I saw. But they're old men. I don't care. He he kept it to him, and he's just like, "Oh, hey, we're all we're all Iowans tonight." Blah 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 blah. Mm. And that was about it. And then the rest was just oh, so you so the show was at uh, the Newton Iowa Speedway. The Iowa Speedway. Uh-huh. It's like it's a NASCAR track. Um, it was a charity event for the Native Fund, which is an Iowa-based charity, is run by Kelso from that '70s show, and former Iowa Hawkeye Diamond Dallas Clark. Okay, who was a tight end when we were uh, undergrads. Oh, okay. uh, he played for the Indianapolis Colts for a long time. A decorated NFL player, and they they're both Iowans, and they both decided to give back. So. In the wake of the floods and the tornadoes and all that stuff, they made a fund that was designed to help Iowans help Iowans, for lack of okay. a better term. They couldn't very well do that show in a, in an urban setting. So because yeah, Newton, Iowa, middle of nowhere. Newton, Iowa definitely is in the middle. Well, the, the racetrack was in the middle of nowhere. Oh, sure, yeah. The stage was set up on the infield. We were in the infield of a NASCAR track. It mm-hmm. is supremely weird seeing a show on that, for one thing. The one thing you need to know about tours like this is... Because of the uh, the videos and the pyro that they may have set up, they have to play like pretty much the exact same set list every night mm-hmm. because they have production values that go along with it. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. I.e., eight foot long drums, etc., etc., etc. But uh, they do have slots where they can like vary it up and like just sort of pick what they want to play beforehand. Mm-hmm. And after their third song, which was in "For Whom the Bell Tolls," which is a classic from way back in the day. He just stops the, he just stops. They they cut. They stop flattener tracks. He says, "I'm sorry, Iowa. I, uh, I I have an announcement." And then they immediately kicked into fuel. Which, if you remember that song, Michael, do you remember fuel? Uh, give me fuel. Give me fire. Give me that which I desire. That it, that that is how it starts. I was waiting for it because we were at a NASCAR track. Oh yeah. But just the way that they had uh stopped and thrown everyone off was one of the most dad joke segments of the night <laughs> now if there was cars whizzing around the track would have that amped up the experience even more um, probably because people were standing on the track <laughs> oh no <laughs> so this becomes a life or death game of frogger yeah pretty much um it, it's it's weird those things are way more tilted than i thought well that's cool jeremy it was a lot of fun i by the time this comes out they will be out of the midwest but I hope whoever listens to this, whoever listens to this, gets a chance to see them. 
yeah, they might be wrapping up one of these years soon. Mm, maybe, but I don't. I think they're. They just put out a new album last year. Oh, okay. They're going to be like the Rolling Stones. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to do that because their music is a little bit more demanding <laughs> than the Rolling Stones, but they still uh, performed admirably in all but like one song. And everybody but Lars, the drummer, more than held up their uh, their end of the bargain. Good deal. But Michael, we've uh, we've had an ongoing discussion between the two of I, and it's about time we uh, we bring the people into it. And I, w- right. I would like you to bring this up because if I do it, I might be a little bit passive aggressive or just okay. crappy. And well, I, and I don't and I don't want to uh, taint the poison disgu- the well. Poison the well. Yeah. There we go. That's a good way of putting it. Well, I I'm calling this segment pint counterpint. <laughs> um, where we discuss the merits of an idea or anything, really. God. Um, uh, yet another Tom Steve Dave uh, reference. Right, yeah. That one's for, that's a deep dive. Just yes. so you know. I had this idea, and over time, I'm not keen as much on it, but I still think it might be a good idea. So we were talking about power hours, I think, on some show a while back. Mm-hmm. And then they also had a chicken nugget power hour on the podcast Doughboys that I listened that to. That sounds disgusting, dude. I know, thank you. Chicken nugget every minute. Ugh. And somebody did it. John Gabris did it. <laughs> Live. Ugh. Now, um, that one is probably a little bit easier than a normal power hour just because the volume's probably not as much. Uh, you think well, like maybe. an ounce of beer is about it? Well, I don't know. It's liquid versus solid. So, well, there's not the same intoxicating effect that right. there would be. There is an intoxicating effect, but not the same one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I figured <laughs> 60 chicken nuggets is a gross amount of food. So I thought, oh, man, that's so fun. We should do something like that on the podcast. And I thought, oh, but a power hour that's so, I don't know, so gauche and it'd be public display of drunkenness. and We can do a Dark Lord power hour. <laughs> that's, that's death. Um, yeah, it would be. That's a countdown to death at what, 15%? Countdown to extinction. <laughs> Megadeth, 1991. Or oh, I, three, I don't know. Metallica adjacent uh, reference. In, indeed. Um, so I'm like, ah, you know, and I, I never did one in college, which is probably a good thing. So I'm like, oh, you know, we have to have like some event that we can do on the podcast that was like that on Doughboys. It seemed so fun. And I'm like, wait a minute. What about... An O'Doul's Power Hour. O'Doul's, the non-alcoholic beverage, actually has an ABV of 0.5%. And we could do a power hour with that and still come out the other side, able to continue on with the day and do activities. You know, we're in our 30s now, so we're not spring chickens anymore, Jeremy. And Counterpint, go ahead. So Counterpint is um, number one. I'm not buying uh, ten O'Doul's. <laughs> nor nor am I buying five O'Doul's. But okay, here's get this. What if there is a variety of uh, non-alcoholic beers that we can try, and then we introduce a comparison aspect into the Power Hour? So you get your O'Doul's, you get Buckler, oh, Jesus. Caliber, Caliber, yeah, Saint um, Pauli non-alcoholic. Ew. Bex non-alcoholic. Uh, oh, okay. So, um... Sharps. Sharps. 
my point remains valid. If anything, my point is more valid. Because at least if we bought a 12-pack of Oduls, we'd only be buying a 12-pack of Oduls. <laughs> Whereas if we went to... Bought them individually, yeah, it'd be more expensive. That's yeah, right. yeah, that's a good point. And uh, also, Michael, um, your worry is that you will have... With with non-alcoholic beer, you can't get all of the alcohol out of it. Yeah, I it's like there's there, there's always a little bit of there's always a little bit of alcohol left over from fermentation. As Michael just said, and I may have talked over it, an Odules comes in at 05 percent. Now, I don't know exactly how the metabolism math works out, but <laughs> my but you know, walk with me here, Michael. If we have five Odules in an hour, not only would we uh, break out and lame but it would only be the equivalent of having one 2.5 percent beer over an hour uh yeah which is, which is less up. than the uh the weird utah 3.2 coors <laughs> right so i mean if we're if we're going to go lame let's let's like have a four loco or something like that well what is four loco clocking at isn't that i thought four loco was pretty powerful yeah i know that's my point it's it's also <laughs> lame but at least we'd have fun doing it well, Whereas this would I, just taste like garbage and have no effect. You know what? That might be your strongest point. We'd have to suck down five of these. Five friggin' O'Doul's, man. That's and disgusting. And it wouldn't taste good at all, yeah. Or or five of any of these things. I mean, there is something to be said about the various congeners that get released because of fermentation, right? Well, here's there's a description that might shed some light on this. So... Odules and Odules Amber are brewed as traditional premium beers. So they're fermented and aged to full maturity in terms of Budweiser. Um, <laughs> the, the alcohol is then removed through the use of low-temperature, low-pressure distillation. This extremely gentle process allows the alcohol to be removed without heating or cooking the beer, which retains the full, rich, and delicate flavor and balance of our brews. Uh, I don't know. Sounds, There's a little chemistry in there. I, I'm sure there is, and I'm, that's all well and good. But you would should, you ever bring just split an O'Doul's on the show? I mean, if I had to, just so we can, because ex- I've never had a non-alcoholic beer. It's like that episode of The Simpsons. Nobody's ever asked for it. <laughs> oh yeah, is is that the one where they have the uh, the uh, the garden on the top with Paul McCartney yeah. and uh, the late Linda McCartney? Yeah, some okay. of the entryways yeah, yeah. and the cooler to the non-alcoholic beer. What yeah. if someone wants non-alcoholic beer? You know, it's never came up. <laughs> um, hmm. Have you had it? I don't think so. I hope not. Oh, <laughs> I take that back. Many, many moons ago, I was hmm. at a local establishment with some coworkers. One of my coworkers ordered a caliber, not knowing mm-hmm. that it was non-alcoholic. <laughs> he was just like, it said it was from Guinness, because uh, he just saw it in the case behind uh, right. the bar. And I had a taste of it, and it tasted like garbage. Mm. My closest encounter was, and I don't know if I tried it or not, I don't think I did, because he was sick at the time, was with friend of the show Steve on a cruise, had a <laughs> severe case of sinusitis or something pretty nasty, and he was poor guy was kind of miserable but he didn't want to drink alcoholic beer and like because he felt like crap already mm-hmm. but he wanted to kind of you know party down socialize and join the fun so he got buckler never heard of that one so i don't think i would have drank it because he was quite ill and i would not oh, yeah. want to share his cup so i guess the conclusion to 
pint counterpoint is I'm right. <laughs> is that the tagline? Of course. For, for this segment, I'm right. That's Jerry. the title of the episode, <laughs> sir. I am right. All right. Well, we'll see about this. So maybe maybe we have to get an NA beer on the show. You know, <sighs> sometimes we have to get a stinker to pan it, you know, like Milwaukee's Beast or Oculto, which actually kind of I kind of had hopes for, but did not pan out at all. So non-alcoholic Oculto. So yeah, so we'll see. Maybe we'll do a power. Maybe we'll have a non-alcoholic beer, or Uh, maybe we'll forget we talked about this. Maybe and never mention it again. We should snort the non-alcoholic beer. Now they do make recent invention. I don't know if you saw that when it came out. (laughs) That. Powder alcohol? Uh-huh. Ugh, that's a bad idea. That's dumb. That's a really bad idea. Someone who shall remain nameless. Uh, we ha- there, There's a fun story. Uh, you'll see why in a second. Um, I think enemy of the show. But there's a delightful story of this unnamed uh, party snorting like... Uh, so you know how like shot glasses have a little dimple on the bottom of it? Yeah. Uh, well, apparently this person filled the dimple with vodka and snorted that. Ew. And many, many, many moons ago, before able to like legitimately purchase alcohol, I'm, okay. I'm certain. So it was youthful, youthful folly that uh, turned half of his face red. Yeah, and, and only half of his face red. <laughs> uh, that's a different type of sinusitis. That's yeah, that's <laughs> chemical what, that's induced one way sinusitis. Yeah. Oh yuck! I know, right? Uh, that's enough talk of that, Michael. What do we? Uh, yeah. What's on tap for the FDR today? Let's get into mature things and uh, a nice formal beer tasting. Snorting our beer <laughs> for the FDR, where we find a beer, drink a beer, and rate a beer. We have today New Belgium Voodoo Ranger IPA. Interesting. So, Michael. Uh, I noticed that this is called Voodoo Ranger and not just Ranger. Do you have any right. uh, details about this? Well, I think we... So we mentioned this. I had it, this as a beer brag about 10 episodes ago, maybe even further back. I, I don't now, know. Now we're bringing it live onto the show. And so, yeah, so the original New Belgium Ranger, which was had a nice uh, kind of botanical art design on the bottle where it was a forest ranger's hat and it was full of lovely hops. That is gone, and in its stead is a skeleton wearing a World War II type bomber outfit, and yeah, it's it's a little different. So the old Ranger is discontinued. This is the plain New Belgium mm-hmm. Ranger IPA, and now we have Voodoo Ranger IPA, and we have Voodoo Ranger Imperial IPA, and we have Voodoo Ranger Eight Hop Pale Ale. Yeah. So this is one of the three. Now, Jeremy, have you had this one? And did you like, have you have you had the original? And what were your thoughts on them if you did? Ranger was a good one. Don't remember it. Sh- it was pretty strong. strong. Um, this one is also fairly strong. If you'll, if I'm, if I may skip ahead a mm-hmm. little bit. This one comes in at uh, 7%, I think. Yes, um, 7% and 50 IBU. So no slouch. I have had this beer before. Okay. I actually had it at a University of Iowa reception, which was fun, I, I suppose. Yeah. So we'll see how it pans out this time. I, I think, you know, I've had it 
once. I did quite enjoy the Ape Hop Pale Ale. I think I liked it more than this one, but we have this one here today, so too bad for me. Take um, that, Ape Hop. Um, so let's see here. Some tasty notes. Um, well, we won't ruin that. We'll go into the other beer facts. So <laughs> yeah, ABV of 7%, IBU 50, Ale Yeast. Hops include Nugget, Cascade, Simcoe, Chinook, Mosaic, and Amarillo. Sure. Uh, malts include Pale and Black Malts. Interesting. Yeah, Black. That's must be, I don't know, doesn't look very dark. Um, but we'll see about that. Uh, let's open it and pour it. Sounds good. Do, do, oh, I have it at about a cranked arm's length away, and I can already smell it, Michael. <laughs> cranked arm length? Okay, it's a good sign. Not like really far away but close enough an extended sling arm i know you're not wearing a sling but yeah I'm, I'm, i've been out of the sling for a while now thank you for asking <laughs> yeah was was metallica did your injuries impede any um ability to enjoy the concert or uh i was a little concerned that the meatheads were going to cause some issues mm-hmm. but thankfully the floor tickets kind of priced out the the schmucks for lack of a better word, it was a bunch of old people and drunk people. Speaking of which, I okay, two things that I noticed from the show. One, I've never seen so many heavy metal shirts tucked into pants before. It weirded me out, and I couldn't figure out why. And then after about half an hour of looking at it, I noticed it, and I was like, oh, that's why that's super weird. Two, I saw so many people buying $8 bush lights. Ooh. I mean, I, I realize it was a show and everything, and like beer is never cheap at an event mm-hmm. of any sort. But like a Budweiser was ten bucks, but it was a twenty something ounce pour. I don't know. Yeah, it, it was it was something else. That's the thing that stinks about events, sporting games, and concerts. And um, it smells great. It does smell great. I'm a little congested, but oh, you're missing out. It's a lovely bouquet. Well, one nostril is congested. I can just sort of jam <laughs> righty in there and I'll be good to go. Are you sure the episode title shouldn't be called Sinusitis? I mean, it has come up twice. <laughs> so, I mean, that's fair, but it's also disgusting. <laughs> that's true. Jeremy, would you like to do the honors of trying this one out? Sure. So the first thing that I notice is it definitely is going more towards the floral and fruity aspects of an IPA as opposed to the piney aspects. Mm-hmm. I, hmm. I don't know how there's black malts in here. Looking at it, it must be a touch to make it dark, mm-hmm. like not just like a straw color beer, just to give it because it has a little amber hue to it. Just not amber, but copper. Well, no, it, it's it's got just a touch, like right, like um, if you've ever dumped bitters into a whiskey, you ever? Oh, yeah, it, it's kind of like that where it's not a lot, but it's just enough to kind of change the color. Give it a little tint. It it reminds me of that. I'm getting a little kind of grassy flavor. A little bit. I'll buy that. I don't know. You said it was floral and fruity. Floral, I definitely pick up. Fruity, maybe like a pineapple type fruit, just a little bit. But well, I mean, like I've said, it's I'm uh, fairly congested, and now that I go and stick my right nostril into the glass for a uh, second whiff, <laughs> whiff, I'm getting I'm getting more of the uh, the grassy floral aspects mm-hmm. of it. And given that it has Nugget, Cascade, Simcoe, Chinook, Mosaic, and Amarillo hops, um, amazing that I remembered all six of those, isn't it? <laughs> it's um, like you read it off of something. Pipe down. Um, 
with those C's, you all those C's in there. Well, the two C's, Chinook and Cascade. You would think that there would be more of a uh, of a fruity aspect because isn't it generally yeah. thought that the the Pack Northwest ones are are fruitier and more of an American pale ale, mm-hmm. and those are the ones that have those. I mean, the fruity flavors to it. Maybe they're just getting boxed out by I don't know, like the Simcoe. Isn't that a pretty um, pretty bitter? You know, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's hard to. You know, I'm sure. You know, we still live by our old motto. Uh, right with your stomach. Um, no, what was it? Something about expertise. Something about without the pretension and expertise. Um, oh. And I'm sure some beer aficionado could rattle off all the stats of the hops, but yeah, um, fair. Um, and it comes to a point where you have so many in there, it's like. Mm. Well, that's one of the things that I'm noticing about this now that I've gone in for a drink or two is that it does not have the uh, overwhelming aspects that some of these multi-hopped IPAs do. The balance is very nice in this. Mm-hmm. What about you, Michael? What do you think? Um, it's it's kind of going through those motions of a typical IPA for me where I really like it at first, and then as I go more, my, I don't know, some receptor becomes overloaded and gets more and more bitter. Okay. But... As far as things typically go, it's pretty good. I mean, it has a lot of different flavors here. Obviously, we're going back and forth and we're able to analyze it. It's not just like somebody punching your tongue and sure, that's it. It's got some dynamic. It does. Um, The malts are not too overwhelming. The malts are pretty, pretty, they're background. Standard. they're enough, yeah, yeah. Um, there, there's nothing wrong with it. It's not like it's lacking in malts or anything of that nature, but it's, it doesn't stick out like, uh, oh, what was the IPA we just had not too long ago? <laughs> oh god, this <laughs> dead, is dead silence. Dead is silence. Dead we air. Um, um, we had just... dead air IPA. Oh my god, Michael, I have a name for a new beer. Yeah, the the malts are are totally fine. Um, I like that there's mm-hmm. a pale backbone to it. It gives it body and mouthfeel, but with it, it doesn't overwhelm. Like, uh, this is gonna drive me insane. I f- I feel like we had another IPA like just last week, but I don't write these things down. Well, we had the burnout brown last week, which was kind of bitter. That's what it, I'm thinking of because that was a little bit bitter, sort of like a. Uh, it was as bitter as one might expect a pale ale to be, but it was a little it, bit it, too bitter for that particular style. For that brown. It didn't pair w- quite well enough. That's right. With that style, yeah. Um, as, as far as this one goes, um, I like it. Yeah, I was kind of wondering what your take on it was, being more of an IPA dude than me. So I was kind of, um, I'm always curious to get your take on these because I feel like my take is. Mm, sometimes mundane. So my take on this is that you need to you need to find a way to keep your beer cold when it comes yes. to IPAs. Um, I that don't, might help the process a little more. I don't think we can do that in like a koozie because that would make it so that you have to keep it in the bottle. And if it's kept in a bottle, you don't get as yeah, much of the aroma. It's not the, uh, subpar experience. However, there's got to be like one of those... Uh, stainless steel tumblers that you could use or <laughs> something i mean no, they're not bad they're just i guess they're just not my favorite style and because they dominate the american beer market it kind of takes a large sector out of what i like well true but you also say that you like them at first 
Mm-hmm. And as we go on, i.e. as the beer gets Or maybe warmer, I just need, like, crackers or something. <laughs> um, or something to, like, cleanse the palate and kind of start over again. That's that might be the that might be the rub that might be the trick that might make podcasting a little bit weird though if you're just yeah. hammering crackers. It's pretty good. <laughs> oh, side note. I was like, mm-hmm. we we did a trivia some about a month ago. I want to say, and the mill in Iowa City has a physical challenge during one of them, and council of the show decided Was whistling to... with crackers. Yes. Uh, no, 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 no. What? <laughs> it was the uh, the saltine challenge or the cracker challenge. What's, what's that? It's where you had to eat four saltines, and I, it was like five minutes. Four saltines? No, nothing. To, maybe it's a minute. I I don't know. Regardless. Uh, anyway, apparently the world record is like seven saltines in a minute. Oh God! Because it it just dehydrates you immediately. Yeah. And Council of the Show only got through two. In a minute, oh! And I proceed, and when I I real I was still uh, banged up, and I didn't know what the challenge was going to be, so we we threw him into the fire. Mm-hmm. But I should I think I could have beaten these schmucks, because if you ever find yourself in a place where you have to eat a whole bunch of saltines, the trick is to shove as many as you can into your mouth at one time and wet down some of it, and then form mm-hmm. it into a ball in your mouth. Mm-hmm. So that you only have to, so that the surface area goes down. Because if you have a lot of little cracker crumbs, you have a lot of surface area, right? Yes. But if you have a small surface area, um, yeah, you can a big you can yes, wet that and form it and compact it into a smaller ball, and then you can swallow that ball without choking and dying. So, I, Jeremy, and I think I can help you. I can give you some cholinergic drugs. Yeah, let's not and let's not do that, Michael. We don't cheat. We can we can we don't we cheat. Can, we can give you some performance enhancing drugs to make your mouth all liquidy, and then you can uh, easily. It'll be like sucking down some pasta. We'll just we'll just point. dangle some ribs in front of your mouth and just make <laughs> you salivate. But yes, I, the lacing on this beer is nice. I'm getting the thing where you. Like each swallow mm-hmm. produces like a ring around this the pint glass. Se- sedimentation almost. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I'm seeing that as well. I um, like that. I I really kind of like this one. This is does not feel like a seven percenter. Mm-hmm. And you know, we talked for a lot there, and I kind of uh, cleansed my palate, and I took another drink, and it was remarkably good. So I think it might maybe maybe we've stumbled onto something here, Jeremy. I'm curious. For you, is it just too much hoppiness, or is it the specific kind of hoppiness, or like where are we going here? Because you've had the same feeling with session IPAs. Yeah, I think it's just um, it's almost like a, a, a almost like the warhead effect of uh, this. The tongue comes too I don't know dry, not dry, but too saturated, too leathery to an extent, and it leather. Just, <laughs> it just does not get a. It's not pleasant after a while. Hmm. So I don't know. We'll have to experiment. That'll be. We'll have to. You know, we're scientists, so we'll have to uh, try out some hypotheses. And we are in what, fact scientists, Michael. What makes it good? I think so. New Belgium. We've had on the show four times. Four times. Uh, Dang. Three times before this, actually, and they've all been in blind man birthday dances. Now, are we talking and New Belgium IPAs or just New Belgium, period? Just New Belgium, period. Okay. 
And so Oh yeah. yeah, that stupid watermelon beer. The watermelon one and that cherry almond one. Ugh. Oh yeah. And the one that was probably most worthy was the Ben and Jerry's Oh the salted, salted caramel. caramel, yeah. Yeah. That one's not too bad. Um It was nothing special. Right. We haven't done fat tire? No. That's a that's a stalwart, so. sir. We should probably do that. One. I know, yeah. All right. Well, um, not next week, but eventually <laughs> we write that one down. Put it on the docket. Mm. Um so That's enough yeah. jabbering, Michael. What do you think about this well, beer? Give me a rating. Well, I'm saying it's probably the best New Belgium one we've had on the show so far. Oh, easily. Out of the ones and, I've had anyways. Um I probably won't I don't know about my rating. It probably won't be I don't know. What did I give the Ben and Jerry's one here? Die. Uh, Why are you looking at this? This is without expertise, Michael. All right. Right from the right from the heart and or crotch. I like it. It's a bold IPA with a lot of flavor, and uh, despite my predilection to not liking IPAs that much, this one's very good. And I, I remember liking the eight hop one more, but this one's still good. I'm giving it a three point five. Interesting. So I am really enjoying this beer right now. I I don't Mm -hmm. know why I'm really enjoying this beer, but I'm going to try and figure that out. I I found myself disappointed when Ranger went off the market because I remember Mm -hmm. that one being good. And uh, if memory serves and or untapped helps, I believe friend of the show Steve used to bring this to football tailgates quite a bit. Yeah, he would bring like tall boys of it. Yes, and it, uh, my check-ins were an average of four stars, which is great. Um, this one, you know, I I don't know if I like it more or less than the old one because it's been a while. But I'm gonna go with four stars. It's it's really doing the hmm. the deed for me today. I like the fact that it's aggressive without being oversaturating. Yeah, I mean, okay. for me, anyways. Sure, sure. The the bitterness balances things out just perfectly, but it's also not. It doesn't have that thick sweetness to it that some IPAs can get, especially mm-hmm. when they're super malty. Um, they they've hit the balance pretty well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very much so an IPA, but it still has enough legs on it to prop up that happiness. Yeah, and uh, usually I'm. A bigger fan of like single or maybe two hop IPAs. I'm over our time doing the podcast. I think I'm getting more and more towards the the my general stance when it comes to an IPA is that the more hops you have, the less you can pull out of each one. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably always going to go towards a pseudo Sioux or an all day IPA or you know some other single hop IPA. But right, but. This one is really doing the trick for me. So, four stars. I like it yeah. a lot. And I think it should be said that this is like a, you know, just part of the regular lineup too. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And yeah. On top for of like and for a widely distributed beer. Absolutely. That, there's some merit there. Is oh, 100%. Um and it's surprisingly drinkable. Yeah, I've I've noticed that too and I think that's kind of why another reason why I kind of liked it. Um, it's uh it's clean. It does. It's like we said. It comes in at seven percent, but it doesn't have any warmth or burn to it or anything of that nature. Yeah, it's good. I like it. I'm a- Success. Yeah, I'm. I'm pleased with the way this one turned out. Me too, Michael. Yes. You were just having a drink, weren't you? 
I just, yes, All I right. had a little guzzle. All right, well, as uh, penance, how about you give out the social media plugs? All right, uh, here's some places you can get in touch with us. You can send us a tweet at APMPod. You can hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash APMPod. Or you can send us an email directly, APMPod at gmail.com. Um, if you like the show, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google Music, any, where, any way you can. Uh, subscribe, get in touch. If you can leave a rating or review, do so. And we still need to get that one off of iTunes. At, <laughs> we'll read it out on the show, and, but we're behind on that, I yeah, guess. Yeah, we are. Because I don't think either of us have iTunes. I, Jeremy, no, I, don't, I don't have iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> we will um we'll figure out a way to pull those reviews anyway. We'll uh, we'll make enemy of the show do it. Yeah, I think that is about it and that's another one down the gullet. That's another one down the gullet, Michael. It's been a good day. You, are you are you pleased with how things panned out? I'm pleased with how things panned out. For Michael, I'm Jeremy. For Jeremy, I'm Michael. This has been American Pale Males. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.